another episode of the Hoop Journal Podcast. It's been a while, but we're back into the swing of things. Uh, Happy New Year to everyone listening. Uh, I have Mitch with me here. Happy New Year to Mitch. Is it too late? When when is the cutoff to to be saying Happy New Year? Listen, within within a month of New Year's, you can still say Happy New Year's. I say Happy New Year to people at work today, so you know what? It doesn't doesn't so, really matter. So January, as long as it's January, Happy New Year. Exactly. Fun. It's All it's right. the New Year, New Me. Awesome. All right. So Happy New Year to everybody. Today we're talking about uh, contenders. We're talking MVP ballot. Talking All Star. Uh, I want to start with uh, my sort of contenders list. I have. A group here, I have it separated into three tiers. Um, I have a group of 11 teams that I think at the very least have an outside shot at the playoffs. I think tier one is really uh, pretty pretty broken ahead of, of the other two tiers, but there's definitely a lot of teams that can make a run. So I want to start with, with tier three. I have four teams. Um, I have the Sixers, the Suns, the Clippers, and the Nets. Now off the bat, you're making a face, so I want to know what. What do you think about those four teams? No, um... <clears throat> I think the Clippers are certainly the personnel for that. Certainly on in a hypothetical basis. Um, Paul George is in and out all the time. Who knows the state of Kawhi's, you know, he's ramping it up, but like, come on, man. I'm not going to sit here and be like, yes, third option, John Wall. Bring it in the chip for the Clippers. Let's go. Right, exactly. No, I, I, I do not believe in the Flippers, but. Anyway, I don't want to interrupt you. Keep going. No, yeah. So so these are four teams that, you know, on paper have a lot of talent, but for varying reasons, I just don't believe in them to like, really make a run. Um, you look at the Sixers, like, I just don't trust anyone in that organization, top to bottom. Doc Rivers, Joel Embiid, James Harden, Tobias Harris. I don't trust anyone in that organization. Um, but there's a lot of talent there. So, like, theoretically, they could make a run. Um, the Suns, just too much reliance on Booker, I think. Um, unless they're able to get some like huge package out of Jay Crowder that we're not expecting, I just I don't think they have enough. It just feels like they they've struggled. That hypothetical to, like... John Collins that they could have gotten for him was fucking hilarious. Like, could you imagine in twenty twenty three, Jay Crowder has more worth than John Collins? Like, who would have said that? Right. I yeah, yeah. So I think I just think they they've struggled to like continue to improve the roster as other teams around them have gotten better, and they've sort of just fallen behind. Um, and without Booker, they've they've been. I mean, they picked up a nice one last night, but they they've been pretty bad without Booker. Um, it, it just shows how much they rely on him. So I don't really see them as like a really strong contender. And then, like you said, with the Clippers, like there's just too many questions. On paper, one of the best teams in the league, but PG and Kawhi are, are they going to play four playoff rounds? Is he really going to be there for that many games in a row? I just I can't really buy it. And then Nets, honestly, I considered moving them up and having just a really big tier two, but it's similar to the Sixers. It's just hard to trust them. Like KD's fantastic, but just too many question marks, too many, too many concerns that I have to really put them, I think in this, in the second group. Yeah. All right. I feel that. So you had, you had your own list as well, right? Did you have um, any of these teams higher up or did you consider? I, all right. So it's going to be a little weird and wonky on my end. So I had, and just like in this tier, this is in no particular order. So yeah, my, my, tier yeah one, my my tiers are all pretty <clears throat> like they're not really yeah. too much in order. So I had the Celtics, the Bucks, the Nets, the Warriors, and the Nuggets. Okay. And I know not having the Clippers there is like a hater thing. Uh, I honestly like the Clippers would be there if it weren't for the fact that I can't trust P. 
PG thirteen percent and Kawhi's knees to play every <laughs> single game in a playoff. Like I know, I know they'll want to. I know that's not the issue. The issue is, will they be able to? Yeah, right. Like we're still like, don't get me wrong, we're a good chunk into the season, but we're the, it's a marathon, not a race. So we got to see how they look at the end of the year if they're still going to be, you know, playing fifty games total or whatever they're going to look at. And I don't know, this PG hamstring thing is kind of iffy too. So I don't know if this is going to flare up, going to be like a maybe like a blip come first round. I have no idea, but that's probably who makes up my first tier and Denver. I think Denver is a sleeper fucking team, man. I think Denver is not talked about enough. I think we're going to see. We'll we'll definitely get to Denver because I have them pretty high up too. But um, yeah, I get, I get the argument for having the Clippers as one of those like top elite contenders. It's just that, yeah, it's it's just too many questions. We don't, how are we supposed to know Kawhi and or PG are going to play four rounds? Just, yeah, I don't buy it. But, uh, I have the war. I have the Warriors there, based on a like the idea that I think they're going to be buyers in the right. uh, trade line in yeah. the deadline. I yeah, think so my my tier two has I have the Warriors in there instead of tier one. I have the Warriors, Pelicans, the Cavs, and the Grizzlies. And what I wrote for the Warriors was they have the best starting lineup in the league, like by far by any metric you want to look at. It's the best five man unit, hmm. but they they need a trade. They need one trade to solidify the eight man rotation, and I think. If they do that, they're, they're definitely a tier one contender. But as it stands right now, I think they're ju- they're just a little bit short because I think they just have that five and they don't really have a lot of stability outside of that. Um, but with yeah. one trade, yeah, they're in that top tier. The Pelicans and Cavs, I think the only reason why I'm hesitant to move them up is they don't have experience together. Like there's a lot of guys that have played a lot of playoff games, but just uh, very, like relatively new teams. And so it's hard to foresee them making like a deep run, but really, yeah. really talented teams. Um, and then the Grizzlies, I just don't know, honestly, if I believe in Jaw as like a superstar. Like, I think he's right on the cusp, but Ooh, I don't know. Like, I, I think he could be, but like for this season, I don't know if he's if he's the type to lead a team to the finals. I think that's a funny. I would definitely consider Ja a superstar, if not knocking on the door of it. Um, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think he's knocking. But on the door. I think as, far I as think... this season goes, I don't think he's. I don't think he's that guy yet. Yeah, I think by committee, Memphis is a worse team than the Pelicans and the Cavs, for example. Like, I think you're you're seeing Bain shake off rust, but he's still not like like he was exploding at the start of the season, and now he's kind of like yeah, you know, come back down to earth. Jaron Jackson Jr. is on the uptick, but like, who fucking knows what that like peak is going to be? Dylan Brooks is the most inconsistent, consistent, mm-hmm. in, consistently yep. inconsistent player on the fucking okay. planet. Karis Levert has more of a like a consistent day to day impact than Dylan Brooks, and that's saying something. <laughs> Um, I honestly don't understand, like, like, I understand why they held on to Adams because he's like the league's best offensive rebounder. Like, like, don't get me wrong. Like, yes, second chance opportunities are are like a godsend and you want to have as many of those as you can, but they kind of like, I don't think they have like enough, like, like punch in them to like really take out, like be better than a team than the Pelicans and to move into that next tier. Cause yeah. like, if, if you're like, this is a team that needs a consolidation trade. Like they need they to, do. they've been trying to like be cute about it and like, you know, do the whole thing where, you know, they're keeping all their guys, they're keeping all their picks. But I think it's time for them to to put a couple pieces together and like really go at it. Like, them. like honestly, like I love I love Xavier Tillman. I love Brandon Clark. Santi Aldama is like really cool. Um Tyus Jones, I think, is the most steady backup point guard in the league, like right. around there. But like like you said. You've got all this like youth and picks, and what are you doing with it, man? Like you're sitting here, 
kind of developing dudes. Yeah, they're kind of like but trying to like, straddle both timelines. But I think it's I think it's time for them to make make a move at the deadline, add another piece, like a real playoff rotation kind of guy, and really go for it. Yeah, you know, like maybe trade for like fuck, I don't know, like Gary Trent Jr., like whatever, man. Like yeah, Zach Lowe, uh, Zach Lowe threw out Malik Beasley for the Grizzlies. What do you think about that? I don't love it. I don't think he has enough size to really make sense for them, but no. And he's not like a huge needle mover, but he's definitely a depth piece. Like if you can move off of like, cause like Danny Green's an expiring that you could like shed. Right. Yeah. Just a you can move off of Danny and like a consolidation gentleman or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you don't really need to do that. If you can do that. Sure. Keep Johnny K if you can. But uh, other than that, that makes like, I don't hate the fit, but it's like not one of those ones that I go, Oh, that's nice pickup for them. No, I go, right. Oh, okay. Like whatever, yeah, I feel that. Um, so yeah, that's my my tier two teams that you know if they if they made the conference finals wouldn't be shocked. In fact, I think the Grizzlies will make the conference finals. Yeah. Uh, but a finals run is is a different beast. Probably so, out of the picture for them, yeah. Yeah, and then tier one, I just have Nuggets, Celtics, Bucks, probably in reverse order. Probably Bucks one, Celtics two, Nuggets three. I think. Uh, the Bucks, like I know everyone's worried about Chris Middleton, but. The Bucks are pretty damn good without he's played what seven out of however many games it's been forty one, yeah, and, and still the other, one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, they had like they had a stretch where Giannis was absolutely like just dumpstering fucking teams, yeah. and they lost a bunch of those games. And it's just like, man, listen, everybody like and this was another a big concern is like Brooke Lopez is having another resurgence after having mm-hmm. a resurgence earlier on, <laughs> which is great. Drew's coming back like they were without a core chunk. Fuck, like you know how much of a like luxury it is to have joe daddy ingles just chillaxing <laughs> in a boot and then he comes back and he's like making an impact like it's such a nice like like oh oh we have this guy employed this is cool yeah all right another right. four spacer who is a fucking oh i love the shit he talks on the court it's so fantastic i think he's another like good parallel to a guy like grayson allen where ingles is just like hard nose and gritty and alan's like a little bitch who likes to hurt people so like it's like a nice like you know foil to him right. um speaking of alan they should move him um because i feel like you could probably get a pretty good like like uh like some team looking to buy low on a young guy who could potentially become like a decent scoring punch and then get like actual depth because i think what they like what they lack most importantly is sort of like a consistent bench unit because they've rolled out a lot of combinations for their bench and like it's not not as though that it's weak by any means but like if you could solidify that into like a nine-man rotation you would f- better fucking do that yeah it feels like and i don't know i feel like grayson allen gets thrown around in trade rumors a lot for the bucks but it does feel like he's kind of important to them with the shooting but at the same time it does feel like they could use just like more options like yeah like Wilson, basically you know, like, like if you if you had another wing creator instead of another spot up shooter, like you'd be set. But that's the problem is Grace Allen's a pretty damn fucking good spot up shooter, yeah. and who doesn't demand the ball a lot? Who's there and like he plays like I I know it's like a running meme that he's a dirty player, but like he's actually like a pretty positionally intelligent player mm-hmm. who fills up the gaps when and takes opportunity like that. So yeah, as much as I hate I, Allen, like I have to give him his props for being like a pretty solid three and D guy at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it makes sense for them to move him, but I definitely feel like they could use, like, just a little bit of depth off the bench. If if Chris Middleton's not going to be healthy, I don't really know what the situation is. Like, it's hard to get a read on, like, what his, like, long-term outlook is for the playoffs because if he's if he's not going to be around, obviously, like, Giannis is going to have to go to a whole different level. But to me, he's just so 
clearly and easily the best player in the league that they're they got a chance against anybody regardless of if Chris Middleton's out there so they've been good without him um it, it might just be a bonus for them they have an elite defense they have the best player in the league I think I think they should be the title favorites as of right now yeah you jump shipped on the Middleton train pretty quick there huh yeah yep uh traded him in fantasy got off of that real quick but I don't I really think that even if he's you know, limited minutes restriction, not playing, uh, you know, every other game, whatever it might be, like he might just be a bonus for them. Like, I, I still think that Giannis and, and Lopez on defense drew sort of run the point and just having guys like Grayson Allen that can just space the floor like that might just be enough. Yeah, the thing is, the way, is if the you, way if that you... the West hasn't really no one's really broken out as a favorite in the West. Like I, I have the Nuggets here in this tier, but the Nuggets don't look like world beaters. You know what I mean? And yeah, they don't look like an impossibly player, I, difficult to trample team. Yeah. Yeah. When when you have the best player and there's not a team out there that's really established themselves, like the Celtics early on, first 20 games, they looked like far and away, you know, the best team in the league, but they sort of come back down to earth. And so when you have the best player, I, I think you should be considered the favorite at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, and then Celtics and Nuggets, like, if the Celtics do beat the Bucks again in the playoffs, like, wouldn't be shocked by any means. I think they have probably the best um, eight man rotation with a superstar player. So they have all the pieces to, to, you know, make it back to the finals, but I do have the Bucks slightly ahead of them. And then the Nuggets, I still feel like I need to see more. Um, I need to see if this Aaron Gordon run is for real. I need to see a little bit more consistency from Jamal Murray, but they do feel like the best team in the West right now. I honestly, Aaron Gordon has been such a low key pickup that nobody like talks about like his Nuggets tenure has been so fucking good. And so under the radar, like, I'm pretty sure this year he's putting up like 16 and 16 and seven, 16. That's something's about that sounds right. He's getting low. Um, he's actually being like he, on the social media stuff. Like he's getting promoted as a, like a potential all-star. I'm seeing that from like the nugget social media. Yeah. Nugget social, but like, dude, we're, we're promoting Scotty as a potential all-star. Like your, your social media team is going to back your like, no, right. But Aaron, deserve I it. think from like the casual fan perspective is seen as like the fourth guy on this nugget team, you know? I mean, he's the fourth highest paid player. He, he, <laughs> he literally is the fourth guy yeah. on this Nuggets team. Was the third guy when MPJ was kind of being wishy-washy and out. But honestly, I think the only thing that holds them back is another kind of like depth-defying trade because like not only has, has getting Barton the fuck out of there been such a blessing, but man, Bruce Brown and KCP like... Oh my God, Bruce oh, Brown so good for the Nuggets oh, team. Like those are such low key like signing, and I, I feel like those kinds of like pickups where you go, oh okay, that's cool, are like the best ones. Yeah, like yeah, they yeah. Don't, they pan out to be like the best acquisitions, and you're like, oh shit, he's actually fucking helping them. Mm-hmm. I do think, yeah, I think the Nuggets could use another guy in that realm of like a Bruce Brown, KCP, maybe someone just like a little bit more stout, someone that can guard more of like forwards as opposed to wings, um, but. I mean, you know, Aaron Gordon, he's been playing pretty damn well. So, yeah, they I, I love the potential. Like, it's like, man, oh, G would fit on this team and this team. It's like, no shit, dude. He fits on 30 teams in the NBA. Yeah, like, right, right. He would fit on this team. <laughs> but Denver needs another like wing like that who's potentially a creator and a hard nosed defender. But this trade line is this trade deadline is going to be interesting because there's going to be like a huge contrast of buyers and sellers. Yeah. And then there's the teams like waiting to see how it all trickles out. Yeah, um, I like feel a, like Denver we, can be one of those teams. Yeah, there's a couple teams just like in the middle, but it's it's shaping up to be uh, a very clearly defined buyers versus sellers market. Oh, know, yeah. Headline approaches. Um, 
Do you think the Nuggets get to get in on uh, Jay Crowder? I don't know about Jay Crowder in terms of like what, like his Phoenix seems like fucking stingy with this whole thing. Like if I'm going to be completely honest with you, Denver, I don't know if they want to like attach, like how many firsts do do you personally think? Like a first and any protection on it, do you think Crowder yields? Firsts, uh, plural, it's crazy. Um, well, it feels like Denver wants, or it feels like Phoenix wants that kind of like, that's crazy. If Phoenix, if Phoenix is, is expecting multiple first round picks for uh, a guy not like not like just straight up. Thing? I think I think there'll be like other things attached, but like the fact that that the Johns Collins things or that might be a little oh bit more God. of Atlanta. Oh, yeah, let's that, let's that might this. be more of Atlanta not valuing John Collins oh, no, versus. We, we need to go on a quick tangent here about the John Collins thing. I, I forget who reported it. I don't remember exactly where it came from, but someone reported that. The the Hawks are looking for a a package in the neighborhood of Rudy Gobert, uh, in exchange for John Collins. I for Collins, that's fucking hysterical. What? What are we doing here, Mitch? What are we doing? I would definitely give them a protected first and not. Uh, fuck. I can't even say that with a straight face. What? Go ahead. I was gonna say I was like I'd give them Chris Boucher and Malachi, and then I was like. Yeah! Guy's been playing pretty good. I don't know. <laughs> the thing with John Collins yeah, is like, like what are we what does, doing here? What does he do right now for what he gets paid? That's that's what I've always sort of never understood about John Collins. It's like he is like coming into the league, it's like, oh, he can kind of shoot it a little bit. Oh, he's a good athlete. He can rebound it a little bit. But like, what is he's he been, really <laughs> he's been like the second best shooter for Atlanta, which is the most terrifying yeah. fucking thing. That just yeah, just goes to show how Atlanta's doing this season. But uh yeah, it's like what he's like he had in the in the series against the Sixers, it looked like he had finally like figured out who he was supposed to be. And he was, you know, playing incredibly well with Trey. But outside of that, it's like it doesn't feel like he knows what he's supposed to do. Not that he's like lost on the basketball court. He understands how to play the game, but it's just like in terms of his role, it's just he's never really established himself in any like meaningful way. It's just like what does he do? You know what he does do? Who gets paid twenty five mil? Obviously, like he, he gets paid twenty five million. But for someone who gets paid as much as he does, it's like he runs, he jumps, he dunks sometimes. He'll grab yeah, sometimes rebounds. But yeah, I don't know. I don't. I just. I just. You know, I, who I think because I just thought that was absolutely insane to think that you're getting some sort of massive like draft pick haul or like prospect haul or anything like that for John Collins. Like if I'm like the Suns, right? And I wanted John Collins for whatever reason. I'd be like, all right, here's Jay Crowder, whatever other salary filler we need, and like maybe a pick, a protected pick. And here you go. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Like where where are they getting this four like four picks or whatever, five picks? Like what are they? That's insane. Yeah, I don't think that's even like remotely like I don't think any team looks at John Collins and says, Yes, I want to put all my eggs in this basket. Right. Like this is exactly he's I would rather I'd rather too, pay like... that price for like a Conwu and then pray that he turns out to be better than whatever. Like yeah. I'm I'm on the okay, this is gonna be another, another little side tangent, and I'm sorry. Ooh. I'm on the boat that they should trade Capella right fucking now because Oconwu is like doing as good. Oh, I dude, Capella. I posted about the, I posted about that like Five days into the season, I was like, "Okongu is ready to be the starter for this team. Like, yeah, it's time." Fucking trade, like, bruh. Yeah, no, I've been high on Okongu since like basically the first time I ever watched him play at USC. So, I'm with you there on that one. Um, yeah. So, quick little Hawks tangent. Uh, shout out Joe Gall because apparently he's like my biggest fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> here's I think I think low key a, a thing that and, and like this is gonna come out of um, like completely left field. I think. 
Chris Duarte is a guy that Denver should pick up the fucking phone and call mm. Indy about. I like that. Um, for one reason and one reason only, he is a guy who has been pushed out of. He was like he was supposed right. to be like a like a, a, a solidified rotational guy for Indiana. He was supposed to be like an up and coming star for them, not star in general, but for Indiana. And then, you know, BM comes along and is like, "Hey, man, I'm just gonna be the sixth man." Yeah. Oh wait, there goes your spot. Right, Let's Ben Matherin and Buddy Hill decided they were both like, gonna be twenty point per game scorers. So if if like I'm Denver, I'm like, "Hey, man, you want to like sell low on your last year's pick and like we'll give you like." Zeke in a first unprotected, completely unprotected. You you get to reback what you invested in this first, and like we get to go a little farther. Because I feel like he's a dude where it's like he's he's playing behind, but like how bad is it to be a young up and coming guy and then see Buddy Heald, who doesn't even want to be on this team, who didn't even want to be a part of this whole debacle yeah. with the Sabonis shuffle, and now he's like, you know well, what? I think I think he was. I will be a twenty of... points per game yeah. player. I will be a guy. Right. What the fuck. I think he was pretty happy to get out of Sacramento, honestly. So, well, yeah, I just feel like I feel like he was probably expecting to get into a like a position like you'd probably expect him to go to the Lakers. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, honestly, like playing next to Halliburton is probably fun as hell for him because he's like, yeah. damn, I'm getting Fox was never giving me these right, overloads. This right, is great. Right. Exactly. So that's interesting. Yeah, Duarte would make a lot of sense for the Nuggets. I think. I don't know. I, I the only thing I'm worried about with the Nuggets though is the non-Jokic minutes. It's like they don't have. That guy likes Ignaji, but is he is he playing ten to fifteen minutes a night in the playoffs? I don't know if I if I buy that. No, and that's DeAndre why I... Jordan, obviously, if DeAndre Jordan even suits up after April fourteenth or whatever it is, <laughs> it's like dude, what like what are we doing, Mister Malone? I forget. Does he does he go? Like, is he force people to call him Mike or Michael? I forget which one it is, but he's stingy. Mike, Mike. He goes, okay, Mike Malone. If DeAndre Jordan is wearing a Nuggets jersey after April, whatever it is. You're on the hot seat, buddy. I don't know what else to say. It can't happen. It just can't happen. So I'm worried about, like, they might need another big. Yeah, they need backup bigs, which is why you trade MPJ for Kim Birch and Thad Young. There you go. Totally. totally. Got you. I got you. Masai, hit my line. We got some mock trades to go over. Come on. So, okay, remind me what your tier one was. It was those three teams and then the Warriors and Nets as well? Warriors, Nets, Nuggets, uh, Boston, and Milwaukee. So okay, so you're you're a believer in the Nets then? I'm a believer in the Nets that the sole purpose of, or I might be now because I was thinking about it more. But I mean, like when when Kyrie and KD click, which is you know on occasion, free sometimes, you know, depending on the weather and you know the holiday that <laughs> yeah, Kyrie's celebrating. Mercury's in retrograde, or you know whatever. Yeah, man, this Saturn energy—it's oh, messing yeah. up my game. <laughs> but like. Both when they both click, it's the two most dynamic and unstoppable mm. scorers to touch the hardwood at the same time. Um, so yeah, they're a pretty good fucking team. I believe that they need to move Cam Thomas for fucking yeah. anyone because oh, yeah. like he's wait. Not only is he wasting his time, but you could get legit depth for him. And it's a shame that they're like, "Hey, T.J. Warren, you want to play? Yeah, bro, get in there." It's like, dude, <laughs> come on, you got a guy who's clearly better than him fucking sitting there polishing the pine for you like yeah he, he's, he's gotta go free ct and i haven't really spent too much time thinking about like fits for him but like really any young up like developing team just get him like, some minutes, you know what i mean just get him nba minutes and just see what what you can get out of him yeah i, I don't mean to be a lot like of talent a, i don't mean to be like a little you know keep on pulling that string but like 
the Raptors would probably give you some, you know, like, well, you want to, you want a Chrissy Boucher, you know, you want some of that, you know, sprinkle that on there, you know, put that Ken Thomas off your hands, easy, easy. What are you talking we'll, about? We'll do. Uh, you want Ken Birch too? I'll give you Ken Birch. We're, we're gonna do. Uh, let's actually. We'll take a quick break and then let's do like a quick five to ten minutes on the Raptors. I'm just gonna throw this in here. Fuck. Because it's a team definitely worth <sighs> talking about, and I know you. Guys <sighs> you're gonna make me. So I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a few. Let's take a quick break. All right, coming back. I want to give Mitch just the platform here to just uh just talk about his beloved Toronto Raptors because <sighs> the team that I think more than anyone, like the Wizards, I feel like are just like perpetually stuck in the middle. But as far as new teams go this season, I feel like the, the Raptors are more stuck in the middle than anyone else. And I'm just really curious. I want to pick your brain a little bit about what direction you think this team should go. Because you've been mentioning at every opportunity uh, the Raptors <laughs> getting that trades. So just give me just give me a quick, like, which direction do you think this team should go? Do you think they should be buyers or sellers at the deadline? All right. Me, personally, I think they should be sellers. I think... In order to like really, really commit to something, you need to either do everything in your power to obtain the best player available, a la 2019, mm-hmm. or do everything in your power to get that highest pick possible, a la now, and tank the fuck out of there. Consolidate, get cap space. Tra- it's a it's a bloated market. You got to blow up now. <laughs> all right, listen. With all these teams tanking for Wemby, you're not going to get a top three pick. That's okay. Because there are there are very viable options outside of that top three. Right, it's a really good draft. You can you can draft. I'd say, oh man, this is you're gonna hate me for this one. I'd say all the way far down is like twelve. And do what? Hold on, a pretty a pretty decent and at least rosterable player who will give you good definitive NBA minutes. I'm gonna go right now. I'm gonna list off the players that I think are gonna be good and either not good, but like Toronto could definitely you know, other than like. Wemby and Scoot. Yeah. The Thompson twins. Yeah. Damn. I I kind of uh, I lean more. It's so hard because they're both really fucking good. Oh, I think Amen's I, I think Amen's the definitive Thompson's better player, yeah. brother. Yeah. Um, but I think they're both really fucking good. Yeah, for sure. Um Arkansas, Nick Smith Jr., Brandon Miller out of Alabama. Um I like Brandon I think, Miller, yeah. I think that guy from Baylor, can't remember his name. Uh um, George. Counted George, there we go. Yep, yep. Cam Whitmore is pretty fucking good. Carson Wallace, Jairus Walker, Anthony Black, and then Mr. Whitehead, Derek Whitehead, Derek Whitehead spells yeah. it with a Q. I thought, fu- oh man. Yeah, I thought I thought it was Derek Whitehead. I thought it was Derek for the longest time, and then somebody said Derek, Derek and I was like, that's the ugliest fucking spell. It better yeah, be yeah, Derek. It better be Derek. Anyways, I think those guys can be like genuinely impactful NBA players. I think in the top five or so, you've got players who could give you like a good impact at that. Like, yeah, see what happens. Obviously, I, but this is a good list that you rattled off. I haven't watched enough of because like Nick Smith and Cam Whitmore haven't played that many games, so I haven't mm-hmm. seen enough of them to like have a definitive opinion. Kasan Wallace or Kason Wallace, uh, the Kentucky guard, I don't really buy. Like, I think he'll he'll be an NBA player, but I don't really buy him as like a big impact guy. I just feel like he's just too small. Like, I feel like. He's not gonna have much of a defensive impact. He's not the greatest playmaker that I feel like he should be. Um, but so I wouldn't really put him in like that tier. But um, I think he'll be an NBA player. But yeah, it's a good list of guys. I really like Brandon Miller. I've liked what I've seen from Keontae George. Uh, the Thompson Twins. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the Raptors have a chance with the Thompson Twins. I'm gonna put it like that. I mean, as as it stands, they do. They do. They're two games back from having that top five pick, Doug. 
well, potentially. Yeah, seven, yeah, they have a the chance, seventh worst a record. chance at it. Yeah, seven. Yeah. But um, like, you know, you sim that lottery enough times and they get Wemby, so <laughs> eat my dick. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, I think I think they should be sellers. I think what they need to do is they need to determine who's gonna be that core. In my opinion, it's Scotty and OG. And if Trent wants to be here past that and, and like the Warriors don't want to give up a package that includes Wiseman, of course, keep Gary. But in the event that the Warriors were like, man, we need some more depth up in here. And and they do throw out a package that includes Wiseman and then one of like Baldwin Jr. or Moody because they Kaminga's off the table. Sorry, you Raptors yeah, no, fans Kaminga, who believe that we yeah. can get Kaminga. Kaminga's off the table. Okay. Moody is very obtainable, and so is Baldwin Jr. Either of those guys in a package would be fucking phenomenal. I would I would bust seven nuts if we managed to trade Gary Trent Jr. for those, like for one of those combinations. Um, I think you keep OG, obviously. I know people are like talking like, man, think of the package. It's like, listen. The package will why be, that package would be so good. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason that package is so good is because people are finally seeing what OG can possibly be. I think if you really had to make one move and it was one move only, you move Freddie. Right. Yeah. I was gonna ask you. That's where I was gonna go next. Is what do you think the market is for Freddie? I think guy, the market. I think he's off the top of my head. I want to say he's twenty one point two this year. He's got a player option next year for twenty two point eight. Yeah, and the thing about the PO is he's probably going to decline it if the rap like if if he's if he's on the raptors because because of the bird rights i think he'll want a little more moolah you know a little bang for the buck yeah he Um, the reports say he already turned down four for like 114 and he wants like four for one yes that funny enough that he also he he denied that on the jj reddick pod um he's like that money never actually like formally presented itself that was just like a speculatory number of what? I might post about it anyway. I was working on a little graphic. Okay, I mean, you post whatever you want, man. <laughs> I, might, I might post it anyway. Um, but I think there's a couple places that Freddie makes a lot of sense. I think replacing Brunson on the Mavs. I think the Clippers, but that would be like a consolidation trade with Brandon Boston Jr. or T Man. Yeah. And I think this one is like the one that I've I keep fucking seeing everywhere. It's the Pelicans. Because everybody says the Pelicans are one trade away and CJ's not a true point. First of all, CJ's right. been busting on everybody, but either way. Um, it's not really a true point either, though. So that doesn't really make sense. Well, he's a good combo guard who's like yeah, capable more of... so than I think probably more so than CJ. But my issue with that is like, okay, yes, like Devonte Graham still is actually in their rotation, so like there is room for Fred VanVleet to play. But you're talking about playoff rotation. It's like, can Freddie and CJ really survive together at, on the court at the same time? I don't think so. And if that's the case, then you can't play. I mean, like they each got to play 24 minutes. You know what I mean? Like it's not true, but I mean, Kyle Lowry and Freddie, like you threw out a package earlier in the chat. Um, I forget exactly. I did not make, by the way, did not make that. Oh, no, 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 no. Not the, uh, not the Dyson Daniels one. Yeah. You threw out, that was a crazy one. Um, I'm talking about you had thrown one out. It was something. Oh, Devante Hayes, Kira Lewis Jr. And I think, like you said, a protected pick or something in there. I think it was 2024 lottery protected. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's the type of low risk move where, like, similar to when they traded for CJ, it was like, okay, we'll see how this works, see what this fit looks like. Didn't give up a crazy ton of value for him, um, because I think it, it could theoretically, like, they could definitely use what friend Fred VanVleet brings. But uh, I just worry about having two six one ish guards out there at the same time, yeah, as talented yeah. as they both are. I feel you. Um, I honestly think though a Freddie trade is the only one that makes sense. Like, yeah. unless you're unless you're committing to the entire blow up, which in that case trades trade Siakam, like get him out of here because his value is sky high. Yeah, like, right. 
But I think a trade that makes the most sense is a trade that moves Freddie and then also conserves money at the same time. Because mm-hmm. then you look at next year when you potentially would give Siakam a little more look into an extension, a little more see what's going on. If you bounce back and all it takes is a trade from Freddie, because honestly, Freddie absorbs, he absorbs touches. He absorbs a ridiculous amount of clutch shots that mm-hmm. he shouldn't be taking. And he's just on the court. He just like schematically doesn't make sense. He's he's consistently the shortest man we roll out, shortest man on the roster. Um, he doesn't have like oh, there's just something off about seeing him play right now. And yeah, obviously, he doesn't, he doesn't really fit with like the direction the team has been moving with all the size and the switchability. Yeah, as no, hard he as he tries on defense, it's like he, yeah, he's not a schematic fit with the way Nick Nurse wants to play. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like there's a lot of there's a lot of routes you could take with in terms of like like I've seen ones where like Orlando's thrown in the mix where they move Cole Anthony and I'm like that's just another lateral thing. Like like yeah, Cole Anthony develops into like we turn actually, into something better. I wanna I actually want to talk about that from the other perspective. I actually really like the idea for whatever reason of, of the magic going and getting Fred Van Vliet. I think I think they're pretty close. They don't have a great record right now, but they're in a lot of close games and they're really lacking like stability at the point guard spot. I kind of like it. if they if they can come up with a package that you know satisfies the Raptors without giving up too much. I mean, I like the fit. I like the fit of him, uh, you know, complementing what Franz and Paolo can do. Well, you probably just do Bamba, Anthony, and then like another salary filler piece there, and then like you tell, all right, I want Birch as well. I want Birch back or Thad or whatever, and like Toronto probably says, okay, we should. 22 mil plus the eight mil and then get mm. back Cole Anthony. Like they'd probably do it. My only issue with that is, is like, man, Suggs just feels like the odd man out. Like it feels like they took him and what is he going to do? Yeah. Cause yeah, with him, like he's, he's missed some time here and there to start his career with injury. And it's like, there's also just so many other guards that are vying for minutes. They're in that stage of their career where they're really trying to establish themselves and he hasn't really been like the, you know, leader of the franchise type, like face of the franchise type of guy. I think that was envisioned for him, um, especially now with Paolo there. So, yeah, I don't know. I still like him. Whenever I see him play, I'm like, yeah, this guy, just someone who like it just feels like he knows what he's doing out there. It just feels like, you know, when I watch him play, at least someone who just makes plays is just in the right spots. That type of guy. This is really like the type of guys I really like watching is just someone who's always in the right spot which is the sort of vibe I get from him. But yeah, he yeah. hasn't been as advertised, I guess you could say. Well, I like the other potential people we're talking about Washington as a destination. Get Denny Adiha out of there um, because Denny would fit exactly the schematic yeah. of a big yeah. playmaker. Oh yeah. Um, really nice in the Raptors uniform. Yeah. And the other thing is, is like, I don't know. I don't know where, like, truthfully, it doesn't seem like Freddie's heart's there anymore. Like it, like it doesn't feel like he's, because it, it used to be like, I bleed white and red now it's like yeah. you know it's a business man like this is what happens like I'm, I'm rehabbing we're gonna see where i end up like it's it's a very interesting like i don't know if you've watched that that pod where reddick sort of asks him about asks him about like coming back and like getting back into the swing of things i have he's, like, I clips from it but i didn't watch the uh, he's like really cryptic with some of his responses and like mm. It yeah. it just doesn't feel like he's married to being in a Raptors uniform anymore, which only makes more sense if we do trade him. Right. Yeah, I, I feel that. Uh, but I think I think it's a good place to wrap up this uh, this Raptors rant, as we'll call it. 
I think I think I might just have to give you like five minutes per pod when you come on. We'll call it the Raptors rant. We'll just give just you five talk minutes. About rap, yeah. Yeah. I've I've been wanting to like create segments, like consistent segments that I do on the pod. So <laughs> that'll be one of them. Whenever you come on, we'll do the five minute rap. I'll be like, let me tell you some bullshit that happened. <laughs> I DM'd Masai. He opened it. I didn't respond. And now I'm <laughs> um, yeah, so we're gonna go to another quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk MVP ballot. All right, coming back now, I want to talk MVP. Uh, we've reached the halfway point in the season. I'm usually like a big stickler for like not doing award talk too early into the season. Like people will start doing MVP campaigns like five games in. It gets crazier and crazier every year. But I do think the halfway point is a good, you know, it's the middle of the season. I think it's a good spot to see where we're at with these awards. And we've, we've seen enough. We've seen enough, you know? Right. Yeah. There, there's enough of a sample size now. I think the, the races are starting to take shape. You know, there are favorites emerging here. So we could do like all the awards, but I think I'm going to save that for another day. But I did want to get to MVP uh, because it is a loaded race. I have my group of five here and I'll start with my five. Um, I have Jason Tatum at fifth. Uh, he has sort of the the best player on the best team narrative going for him. Celtics are still hanging on to the one seat as of right now. Um, I guess I should have mentioned uh, at the start of the pod recording here Wednesday night, the 11th. Um, so Celtics do still have the best record in the league. Tatum is obviously their best player, uh, putting up 31, eight and four on good efficiency. I just think he, like, I feel like a lot of people have him higher on their MVP ballot. I just don't feel like I've seen the, like, and maybe this is just because he has like a really good supporting cast. I don't feel like I've seen like the dominant performance. He's been consistently great, but I don't feel like I've seen like the big, um, it's like huge performances from him to have him higher than fifth, but I do think he definitely deserves a spot at the table. What mm. mm. say you, Mitch? My fifth is Kevin Durant. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, same kind of gimmick. Um, like I've seen like so he's putting up near 30, not an exact 30, like 29.7, 29.7. But I I still think that it's like it comes down to like if you're the he's the, Tatum's the best player on the best team in the entire yeah, which is like a very like conference in the entire like, national basketball sales. Anyways, the whole idea yeah, of it is that I can't have it. him. Yeah, I can't have him as like the bottom five or like the fifth person on my MVP ladder just out of out of sake of well I haven't seen him go for seventy one like Donovan Mitchell has. <laughs> Something's not right there. It's like, no, dude. Like, I think I think Tatum definitely doesn't deserve to be five. I think I think it's very interchangeable between three and five for my list. But yeah, I'm gonna put agreed. I'm gonna put Durant there because I think that with Milwaukee sputtering, I think a certain Greek freak is gonna be having that little edge before him in the right. fourth spot. Valid, yeah, yeah. I do have uh, I have Giannis at the four spot. Um, I just think. You know, given, like you said, this recent Bucks skid, um, it's hard to have him in the top three. Although I do, I do have like a pretty clear one and two that are interchangeable, and then three, four, and five are also pretty interchangeable. Um, but I think Giannis, like he, he can definitely, like I feel like there's room, even though he's averaging what is it? I have it right here, like 32, 12, and five. It feels like there's still room for him to do more. You know what I mean? Especially if Middleton's going to be out for an extended stretch, it feels like. Cause he had, he had, what was it? Five straight games averaging like 41 and, and 15 or something insane. So yeah. Like we're getting just a taste. I want the full load, you know, exactly, like yeah. my boy, Paul Pierce said. <laughs> um, yeah. So it still feels like Giannis could, 
continue to elevate himself and make it like a three-man race as opposed to I think it's like two two guys leading right now. Um, but right now I have him at four. Uh, he's played. He's also only played 34 games out of the 39 or 40, whatever it is, uh, which is a little bit less than everyone else I have in my top five. So I think that holds him back a little bit, but I think that'll probably start to even out a little bit uh, when he gets to the end of the season. Yeah, um, I also have Giannis Antetokounmpo as my fourth. Um, it's funny because like I I I so badly want him in the top three, but because team success actually matters, and it's not like just looking at a individual statistical like viewpoint for it. I have to I cannot have him number three just because the Bucks have I think they're third, and I don't know how many games back they are from second, but just the stretch of getting their dick stomped, man. Like Giannis, like, come on. If you're supposed to be the man, wheel them over the top. Come on. I mean, they still are. They, they still are one of the best teams in the league record wise. Like they are still getting by more often than not. They are, but, but they're not the best team in the league. Right. Which is why I think, I think fourth works because I would still consider him to be the best player in the NBA, but just based off of this season's production, I think fourth makes sense. Yeah. And then I have I have Durant third. I'm I'm assuming you have Tatum third. Um, I have KD here just because, um, I think he's trending up more so than than Tatum is right now. Because like I said, it's pretty interchangeable from that three to five. But KD has just been on a tear right now. The efficiency from KD this season is just unbelievable. Over sixty seven percent true shooting, for someone who has his shot profile is just so unbelievable. Like his three point percentage isn't even that high, but he's just been unbelievable in the mid range. Um, and he's playing defense at a level that I feel like we haven't seen since like that that second year with the Warriors. Um, I feel like he's he's making a bigger de- defensive impact than we've seen in the last few years. So he's he's having, I would say, maybe I don't know what like the second, maybe third best season of his career to this point. I mean, he's playing some of the best basketball we've ever seen from Durant, which is insane to say at his age post Achilles tear. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I honestly thought you were about to say best season, and I was going to slap you upside the head. No, and... no, no, no. Yeah, uh, no, it's definitely not one, but I think you can make a case for two, maybe three. I'd have to like go back and really take a take a deeper look. But and so yeah, I have him third, but I'm assuming you have Tatum third. Is that right? I have Tatum third, and it's because of the best player on the best team. Right. I I think that the idea of like like it's not. I know it's not winningest player, but this dude is winning the most and he's right. and, and you're right he hasn't had like this crazy dominant performance but he's been consistently great mm-hmm. and that's the thing that i think that matters right now yeah he really especially in comparison to the past couple of years like he hasn't had nearly as many of those like six for 19 games or like yeah the the tatum oopsies that right, you see yeah, sometimes very few and far between this season which has been great um but i do feel like he he has the best supporting cast of anyone else that I have on my MVP ballot, and it's not really up for discussion. Um, and yeah, like, look, there's nothing wrong with consistently putting up 31 points a game, um, but I would like to see like the what's the word I'm looking for, just like the the highlight performance, the standout game to really put a stamp on like his MVP campaign. You know what I mean? I feel like yeah, candidates need those like signature performances, and I feel like Tatum hasn't quite had one yet. Um, but he is generally, you know, throughout his career, been a player who plays a lot better in the second half of the season. So we might see him go to new heights. Who knows? Yeah, I think he's capable of one of those like echelon breaking performances, but we just haven't seen it yet. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's becoming basically the the new norm for there to be a 50-point game every night in the NBA. So it's only a matter of time before Tatum joins that list this season, I think. Who's your number two? So this is, man, I went back and forth for quite a while, deliberated on it, and I settled on Luca at number two. And like I said, I was going back and forth. It, it was tough, but what it came down to for me was – because Ivy Jokic won, obviously. Um, the Nuggets are just a better team than the Mavs. And yes, Luka's playing with kind of a whole bunch of nothing, but Jokic is still carrying his team. Like, he's still doing the lion's share of the work on that team, and he's doing it in way less minutes. Like, he's he's only played 37 games to Luka's 38, but he's played over 150 minutes less, still putting up the type of production that he is. And to me, like, when you look at, and the Mavericks are actually, I think, the four seed right now. So they like the record thing isn't as big of a discrepancy as it kind of feels like in my head for whatever reason. But at the end of the day, I think Jokic has just been more valuable. I think his production has led to more, given given that the Nuggets are a better team. I think his production has led to more than what Luka has done. Luka's production is like more in a vacuum, but I think that what Jokic has done has been more valuable. All right. Well, my counter to that is um, 34, 9, and 9. It's a, it's a um, great counter argument. I'm going to start right there. That is a great counter argument. Uh, 61% true shooting. Um, and just an abysmal supporting cast. Uh, Reggie Bullock playing 42 minutes and going uh, 0 and 0 and 0 and 0 and 0, doing the Tony Snell. Mm-hmm. I honestly think that the Mavericks could give Luca me uh, a dog, <laughs> Christian Wood, <laughs> and round it out with Zach Moore, and Luca could probably will us to a couple playoff wins. You guys, you think you guys are making the playoffs? Oh, Wait, I think. Are we talking uh, Air Bud? Are we talking about like my mom? No, we're probably we're probably a little like uh, cocker spaniel or something. Something Lucas. No, whatever, whatever dogs I have in fucking Latvia. <laughs> Who knows? Um, on a, speaking of Latvia, Davis Bertans, Latvian laser, fucking sucks dick. So does Tim Hardaway Jr. Mavs make a trade. Anyways, um, I honestly, I, <laughs> it's so hard to put. Luka and Jokic in like this one or two spot because my brain tells me it's Jokic number one because we're about to see the first dude since Larry Bird three P the MVP trophy mm-hmm. and who would have fucking thought it was Jokic first of all that puts him definitively in the upper echelon of all time greats I think if yeah, he does that I'm still I'm still internally debating about how much I care about that in the sense of like am I gonna not vote for Jokic because I don't think he's earned that like status of being in that group. Like I'm trying to decide whether or not that I should let that impact my decision when like, not that I have a vote obviously, but like, I'm not sure how much I should factor that in. All right. I need you to think real, real, real taught real, real quick mm-hmm. off the top of your head. Yep. Can you name a current passer in the NBA right now? Better than Luke, better, better than Jokic. An active player who's a better passer than Jokic. No. Yeah, no? Okay. So you agree that he's the best passer. Hold on. 
No, 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 no. Don't say Luca's close. I'm saying definitively, Jokic is the best passer in the league yeah. right now. Yes, I would agree. Okay, so you also agree that he's moved past the title of best passing big, right? Yes. Okay, so he's one of the best passers of all time, one of the best playmakers of all time. Yes, I'm. I'm, I'm with. He'll you. be a three-time MVP. Yep. He will potentially win a championship, which is some the golden meter stick mm-hmm. for some reason. He'll probably like lead the league in assists at some point or in boards, whatever, either one. Mm-hmm. As long as the bonus isn't played, I don't think so. But this is what I'm saying. He'll be a consistent All-NBA candidate, an All-Star, probably an All-Star MVP at some point. The man will have accolades. He'll have the longevity. He'll have the stats. He's going to... he. He will cement himself in that upper echelon of all-time greats. And I think he has earned that. Hmm. I personally, like, as it stands right now, as Luca is, as as he exists, there are so many guys off the top 75 I would have eliminated to put Jokic. There was like, I forget. I remember remaking the list myself when it came out. And I think there was like uh, eight to 10 guys I took off. And Jokic was one of the guys I put on. Yeah. In fact, because my my explanation for that was when they did the top 50 list 25 years ago, um, it had Shaq on there, even though he was like four years into his career, because it was understood that like, okay, this guy's going to be, we're going to look back and he's going to be deserving. So like, yeah, I, th- I think Jokic, yeah, I guess, yeah, you're right. I, I guess he has established himself as one of those um, elite guys. So, yeah, he can he can, de- he can definitely get his third if he, if he earns it in the second half of the season. Yeah. And, like, I'll just play a little quick quick ping, ball with, ping, ping pong with you. Alonzo Mourning or Jokic? Jokic. Chris Webber or Jokic? Jokic. That's got a little bit weird because he's a power forward, but Jokic. I'm 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 not doing like I'm just saying like in, in, okay, in the, okay. the top seven time. Rodman or Jok- Rodman or Rodman or Jokic. Rodman's one of the most overrated players of all time. Jokic. Jokic. Okay. Yes. You ready for it to get really weird? Okay. AD or Jokic. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Um. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm, now, now remember, all time, not currently, right now. All yeah. Time. Right. Yeah. I I feel like a lot of people listening are gonna say, "Oh, it's Jokic," because Jokic is better right now. But I don't know, man. AD, you gotta look at the whole body of work. AD has been a monster since he stepped into the league, which is you know a few years before Jokic. So, mm. I will still go Jokic. He's had more individual success. I'll take Jokic. Okay. Mikhail or Jokic? Hmm. I'm Jokic. gonna hit you where you live on this one, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, as a Celtics fan, I'd love to say Mikhail, but no, Jokic is. I mean, he has two MVPs. It's not really. Yeah, Jokic is better. How many MVPs does Paul Pierce have again? Let me, let me think. He has a Finals MVP. Oh, oh man! But how many? How many? Oh, shucks, shucks, man. That re- that's really getting to me. Oh, got he's, got he's, oh got okay. he's got zero. He's got the ring. He has one. So he hold on. So hold on. So hold on. So if Jokic gets a ring and a Finals MVP, would you comfortably put him over Paul Pierce? Yes, hundred percent. If okay. you told me that, okay. if you told me that Jokic okay. wins Finals MVP this year, yeah, I'm putting him in the top forty without even really hesitating. All time. Okay. Good. Okay. I'm just saying. Okay. All right. So with that debate 
that would being be ended. Lot. Yeah. I'm willing to see after advocating against him, now I'm going to advocate for him and put <laughs> Jokic 1 and Luka 2. Yeah. Only I, because I have Christian Wood in my fantasy team and I need, <laughs> I need everybody to feel like he's still an underdog player. Yeah. So I could sell him high. Yeah, I think I think it'll come down to uh to the record because well actually I don't know necessarily that the Mavs have to have a better record than the Nuggets, but if the Mavs are gonna be like a six seed, it's hard to see them giving another MVP to a six seed. It feels like they're they're gonna go back in the direction of a one, two, maybe three seed. Best player on one of those teams. So I if the Mavs can get like home court advantage at the very least, then I think Luca has good a shot as anybody, but it feels like Jokic is the slight leader. Not by much. It is very close though between those two. So, yeah, that's our uh, that's our MVP ballot. Uh, we got a little bit of time here. Let's do let's do our All Star ballots quickly while we're here. Oh, all right, all right. So, I honestly don't feel like there's a ton of debate here. Like, I have, I have a I have like a pretty long list here, but I have like thirteen like real names for the Eastern Conference, and then the West. I honestly don't even really have like. But like I have eleven guys that I feel like should definitely be all stars, and it's like I'm kind of just like finding someone I kind of like that I kind of want to give it to, but it doesn't really feel like there's a lot of competition in the West, honestly. Mm, I think it's yeah, I think it's pretty clear cut. Let's go, let's go through it though. So let's start with the Eastern backcourt. I think it's pretty cut and dry. I think uh, Donovan Mitchell, Tyrese Halliburton is your starting backcourt. Uh, Jalen Brown and Kyrie. Really? Yeah, Jalen Brown. Oh, you think it's cut and dry with Halliburton? Oh, yeah. Yeah, easily. I mean, he's leading the league in assists while being a 20-point-per-game scorer. He's on a, a playoff team. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think he's an all-star starter. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then All I have right. Jalen Brown as Ky- and Kyrie as the reserves, and then I have – or whatever they're called, right? Whatever. And then I have Harden as, like, the fifth guard. Any any quibbles there? Mm. Mm. Okay. Hey, about Halbert. Who would you have instead of Halbert? That is – Interesting, Halliburton. I'm just going off of like. I think it will be Kyrie. It's based off of like the first fan vote returns. This is just my personal ballot, not like a prediction. I know, and I'm saying like, wow. Well, who would you have instead of Halliburton? Halliburton. Oh man, it's tough. Like I, 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 no, you're missing. You're missing. You're missing a point guard, my man. Missing somebody, Garland. Who am I missing? Eastern point guard. Uh, could it be the, the one guard. and only Anthony? No, um, uh, Jalen Brunson putting up 20, nope, putting up 27, 10, you know, 27 and 10. Point guard in the he's in the east. What, who? Ah, <sighs> my boy, did you even look at what I sent you or no? I guess not. You didn't. What am I? No, you oh didn't. My God, do I? Am I gonna have to edit this? Out? Am I embarrassing myself? <laughs> no, you're not oh, embarrassing yourself. Oh, it's just my oh. Trey Young. Mm-hmm. Are you out of your mind? Trey Young's terrible. No, I'm not out of my mind. Young, he's no. not. He's not terrible. <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, Trey Young. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. You've been following the Hawks at all in the last three weeks? I have followed the Hawks because this is okay. Here's my other thing. Team success in terms of the all-star voting is not exactly my number one criteria. Well, how about wait a minute? Wait a minute. How about how about individual success? Tyrese Halliburton is also I mean they're, they're putting 31% up 31% from three on seven yes, attempts a game. 31. I know, but he's also 
if you're going to look at Halley leading the league in assists by 0.6, you got to at least say that Trey's chipping in eight more points than he is. Like, Right, but Halley's putting up an efficient 20 points per game on a better team. He is, which is surprising that they're a better team, if I'm going to be completely honest right. with you. That's, and it's like, in large part because of Halliburton. Completely honest with you. That's, that's why they've been so surprising because Halliburton's so good. The Hawks have been surprisingly bad because in, yes. in eyes, Trey hasn't been good. Well, I mean, he has been good statistically, but if you were to if you were to like definitively, I would do it I would like this. Differ, though, like twenty seven and ten is a lot, but it's coming on like incredible usage and really bad efficiency. And yeah, I, I don't know. The, I guess I guess the the meter has changed because I still find that incredibly impressive. Well, but no, I'm like actually it's watching. It's look, I'm shitting on Trey Young right now. Because... Yeah, Trey Young is is an incredible basketball player. We get it. I'm just shitting on him right now. But like, we're talking about All Star game. You put out you had him in your your starters. Mm-hmm. I think that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I don't think it. If he if he ends up making the game, I'm not going to throw a fit. But I mean, he's not on my back. Making the game, dog. You saw how the votes returned, right? Yeah, that's yeah. But I mean, fan vote is only fifty percent. I don't think he's going to do well with. Uh, I think he'll do well, media. Coach. I think Halliburton will get the nod over him just because it's a good story. And I do think Halliburton's like definitively going to have a better season when it's all said and done because the Hawks yeah. are going to fail. But can we agree on the backcourt though? Well, no, I don't think Trey. I don't think. I'm oh, sorry. Can we? That. Sorry. Can we get on the front court? Because like, uh, well, it's tough, man. I think we will, but it's tough because between KD, Giannis, Tatum, and Bead, one of them. I'm, I'm benching and Bead. I'm, I'm benching and Bead. You are. I've got. I've got Giannis, yeah, I Tatum, know. and KD. I, yeah. See, I, I feel like Embiid is fourth on that list because the other three are on my MVP ballot. But I don't know. Do the, is it front court voting or is it forwards and centers? It. I think it's all like because because Tatum was able to go into that selection too. If it, like okay, it's just, it's just. I think it's just guard. I think it's just like guards and and forwards. Like you know when they just split up the front, front, front two and the back three. Like yeah. Okay. Yeah. My only thing court, is though, is like if Embiid because he's back and he's healthy now, quote unquote. If he goes on like a little mini tear, I don't know who out of those three or out of those three he like replaces. Right. Yeah. It's really tough. See, if if it had to be Embiid, then I was probably gonna have to bench Tatum. Which is it kind of factored into why I chose Halliburton over Brown because that's what I was. It would have been weird if Brown was a starter and Tatum wasn't, even though it yeah kind of could have justified it. Um, so yeah, I would I would go Katie Tatum and Giannis over Embiid, but if Embiid had to be a starter, I would move Tatum to reserves, I guess. Yeah, and then um, after that, I think I think you have to have Siakam and Bam. I think those guys have definitely earned their spots, and then between DeRozan and Jimmy, I think you got to make a cut. Or you may, I think, um, or maybe you cut Harden instead. You bring both of them. In there, DeRozan, he's about to miss his first game against the Wizards coming up, but he's played the entire season and he's been really good. Yeah, you'd probably go, yeah, Pascal, DeMar, both probably pretty locks there. Do you, um, man. Also, is it 12? Tough. I think it's 13. It's 13? Somewhere around. Right, there. I have no I'm idea. Going, the, the format changes all the time, so they might yeah, not even like. I can't even keep up. But I'm going Mitchell, Halliburton, Brown, Irving, KD, Giannis, Tatum, Embiid. That's eight. Siakam, DeRozan, Harden, Jimmy gets me to 12. Mm, I think Kuz has a good shot, too, if I was being honest with you. He's got a good, like, a really good telltale behind him for it. And if Washington. Like he's kind of been the best player for Washington for a good stint. Yeah, he's had some um, stretches here and there, but yeah, I think starting. Yeah, to start but he's been like 
Yeah. Yeah, like like interns as a whole. I don't know. It's really weird though too because like I don't. Are they going to do that bullshit where they? It's the issue. It's hard to be like a first time all star when you're not like a team like on the rise type of thing, you know? Yeah. But yeah, he deserves to be in the conversation, like on the short list. Like if Orlando was winning a little bit more, I think Bancaro would be in consideration just because people would be like, "Whoa, look at this rookie who's transforming this entire team." It's crazy. Yeah, Bancaro. was also on my my short list as well for forwards but yeah i think that's a pretty definitive 13 right there and there's a lot of like what about this guys you can have but it's not it wasn't too hard to figure out my eastern conference the west is a little bit more difficult for me first of all i think there's five guards just deserving of being starters i think it has to be luke and curry just because it has to be but um i also think booker sga and Ja have all been like all-star starter caliber players so i think you have to get all five of those like that just those are your guards in the West. Just I I have I have Luca and Shea starting. Luca and Shea starting. Just because okay. I think Curry's I, I think Curry's time missed might have a little people That's, more like yeah. absent minded about having him start. That's totally um, bad. Yeah. Curry has missed a decent chunk of time here at this point. But like Luca Luca definitively has to start. There's no there's no right. shot. Man, like see this is where you're gonna like I'm gonna lose you easily. Because oh. I've got Jokic and LeBron back there. Yep. As do I um Who's your third? Um, I don't love this, but I have Zion, which I don't love. I don't feel like he's played enough games, but he just felt like the best candidate. Yeah, I knew I was gonna lose you there. Do you? I'm gonna guess you have Larry Markinen. <laughs> Larry motherfucking yeah. Markinen, my yeah, boy. No, I have him. I have him as a lock, but um, he's like my third forward in the West, and then it's kind of like it's really shaky after that, like really shaky. You I could mean, convince like, me. You could convince me, Lowry over Zion, just with the games played and whatnot. Okay, but even then, like, let's say our, our forwards there. So Zion, AD, Markinen. I don't know. That's weird. That's weird. Well, you agree like, those five guards, though, right? We could talk about SGA over Curry for the starting spot, but those. Oh five yeah, guards. Curry, Luca, Morant, SGA, and Book. Right. Um. As much as I wanted to squeeze Dame and or Fox in there, I think it's those five, and we call it. I can see an argument for Dame comeback season. Abdomen tear comes back. Lighten it up. I can see like the storyline behind it. I just don't. Blazers just like have the coaches. Are, I feel like the coaches is gonna be are gonna be like, well, it's Portland. They're not doing much. Exactly. Jeremy yeah. Grant has looked good. Simons has looked good. Maybe Dame ain't all it's cracked up to be. And it's like, well, man, you're kind of missing the point. But yeah, I've seen I've seen people throw around um, PG. Yeah, I like I don't know how I feel list. about that. Yeah, he's on my list, but I don't I don't love it. Just kind of feels like he probably will get in just off the name recognition, and he—I mean, it's not like he's missed a ton of time. I don't—I don't have the, the number in front of me, but um, he's played enough to like you know qualify. Um, yeah, like it, it, I I get it. Like it makes sense for, to have him there, but like, yeah, you don't feel great about it, right? It's not. No, it's I, it's not like one of those surefire where I'm like, yeah, sure, but like I I have to like right. really hmm and hide because I'm not. Yeah, like, right. You don't feel as good about it as you probably should, right? But. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like the Western forwards, it's not great. Like, I have Bronze Iron and Lowry. Like, those two guys are in. Then after that, it's like, it's Paul George. It's like, it's Jeremy Grant, Mikhail Bridges. Wiggins hasn't even really played enough to be an all-star again. So, it's not a great car for guys. And then I have AD, Jokic, and Sabonis in the front court. I think those guys should all make it. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Sabonis is probably the lock in there, too. Yeah, so between the five guards we mentioned... Bronze, Ion, Lowry, that gets us to eight. 
AD Jokic bonus is 11, and I don't really have a great option for 12, 13. Like, PG, I guess. But, what, DeAndre Ayton? Like, I don't know. Uh, please don't say that out loud. But yeah, Aiden? right? Like, it's just like... Fucking Ayton? Yeah. Like, uh, that's worse than my Trey Young pick. Uh, Ayton? <laughs> it's, oh. Yeah, it's a very uninspiring crop of guys. I don't know. I feel like the top to bottom, like... Not to say that the the pool of players isn't as, like, quality, but I feel like once you really trickle out of the eighth spot there, you're getting into, mm-hmm. like, a boring all-star game where you're like, eh, yeah, like, I might as well. Which is weird to think because, like, you you look around the league and, like, there's so much talent right now and, like, there's all these crazy performances. But, yeah, we, we come to make these, these 12, 13-man rosters and it's like, wait, this guy's going to be an all-star. So, yeah, it's kind of a weird dynamic there. Watch Wiggins make it again. Oh my god. Well he he can't get the help from the Korean bots this time. So we'll see. That's how we made it last time. God, man, that shit that had me so angry last year. I couldn't believe that. But yeah, I think um I think that'll probably wrap it up for this one. I think we got to quite a bit in this episode. I'll be curious to see who who gets those last couple spots in the West. I think the East is, you know, injuries permitting, pretty solidified. But the West, the West is definitely open for a little interpretation. So curious to see. I think next week or like next Monday is like the second fan vote returns. So we'll see see what that's looking like. Um, that'll do it for this episode. Mitch, as always, I appreciate you taking the time, potting with me. Um, any plugs you want to give before we get out of here? Uh, uh, no, no plugs because, uh, you know, I've been promising a return and uh, I, I started out the year sick and my mm. recordings all sounded so trash. <laughs> so I'm redoing a bunch of recordings, um, but uh, I will ponder your your intellectual audience. Just a little bit of uh, just, just a little bit of, you know, brain brain teasing. Um, if you could in your head right now. Think who is a playmaker in your head? Just, just pick a player that like you can identify as a definitive playmaker. Okay. And then pick a player who you can classify as like a really good passer, but not a playmaker. Mm. And I want you to really internalize the differences between those players and see if you can like pick out a couple minute, minute details of as to why one would be a playmaker yeah. and one wouldn't be. Yeah, would it be been, because? Uh... You've been toying with that idea for quite a while now. I'm really curious to see what you sort of make of it because it is a very interesting um, sort of dynamic between the two things, being a playmaker, being a passer, that like it, it's a small nuance that I think not enough people sort of make the distinction when they're talking about players. Like those two words sort of get used interchangeably in a way that they really shouldn't. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I'm definitely curious to see what, what Hoops Dissection has to say about that dynamic. We're patiently awaiting the return. I have um, a line where it's it's kind of a CP3 diss, hmm. but and this is I'll leave this will be like this will be my uh, outro to your 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 pod at the end of the, this episode. I do not believe that Chris Paul and his entity and every every variation we've ever seen the Clippers and the the New Orleans version. I do not think Chris Paul is what we would traditionally have the archetype of a playmaker. Hmm. I think Chris Paul is a little subcategory that I'll call more of like a playmaking technician. Okay. And the distinction that I'm going to give is instinct and replicability. Hmm. 
Steve Nash, for example, and this is this is this is completely just off the top of the dome. I don't have the script in front of me. Yeah. Steve Nash, for example, is a 100% instinctual passer in his prime. Reacting to the defense, seeing how they move and using the avenues to mm-hmm. manipulate how he wants a pass to go through. Chris Paul, on the other hand, is a guy who pushes the dominoes in order for defenses to do the things that he wants them to do to then create the avenue for the pass. Which is why I would argue he is a playmaker as opposed to the passer, but I guess... Well, that's the thing. I think there's, like, I think he, in just terms of, like, an instinctionary or reactionary thing, like, watching Luka is a great example because mid-air improvisation is, is like, such an important thing to have if you're a great playmaker. Mm -hmm. Like, just improvisation where... Your initial thought breaks down, so now you have to be like On solving complex yeah. problems in real time. And something that I've watched Chris Paul do is get really frustrated on switch traps where mm. his role man gets pinged down and then he has to create offense for himself. Right. Because at this point, like, you know, the legs are going and like right, yeah, yeah, his, yeah, his rise good. isn't there. Like Clippers Chris Paul and Nola Chris Paul, completely different story because of athleticism. But I think at this stage, you're really starting to see that all-time IQ sort of lag behind his body because his brain's making reads that his body isn't able to replicate anymore. Yeah. So I also compare this to Tyrese Halliburton, who is one of the most raw instinctual playmakers I've seen in a long time where the ball, he's basically slinging a lot of passes because as the ball is coming up, he hasn't even decided to make a pass yet. Mm -hmm. He sees an Avenue and then exploits it something that some of the all-time passers do. And this is, I, I basically end the entire video with a very emphatic statement where I basically crown Nikola Jokic the best passer of all time. Mm. Um, don't, spoil for, sorry, look, don't spoil too much. Look, we got to leave the people with something something to be... Uh... I'll, I'll salivate it with... I'll, I'll, I'll let you, you know, marinate with the best passer thing because... I don't necessarily, you know, give you the uh, statistical example of why he's the best passer, but I go into great detail about the nuances of his passing. So that's that's basically how I, I say this is how I prove it to you. <laughs> well, great. I Like I said, we'll be patiently awaiting the return of Hoops Dissection. It's been too long. Another six month hiatus after. Yeah, that. it's been too long since you've graced my feed. So I'm looking forward to the comeback. Sounds like you're close. So I want to see you. Uh finish that i'm really curious to see what your full thoughts on that are um again thank you for coming on everyone listening thank you for tuning in as always uh hopefully we'll be back soon hopefully this is the start of the weekly podcast endeavor i've been trying to go on all season we haven't been able to do it as frequently as i've liked but i'm going to start forcing uh the talking hoops group chat to come on to the pod with me whether they like it or not so hopefully we get going every week from from here on out the rest of the season (laughs) 